Hey, welcome to Mentally Chill. It's Thursday. It's that time again. Or it's Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Because it's the world of podcasting. And we're here 24-7 all the time. Welcome to the show. Today I have a very lovely comedy writer, Carlos Herrera, on talking about his struggles with depression and anxiety and crying in public and fitting in and all sorts of things that make us terribly human. And before I get to that, of course, going to do a quick Patreon shout out. Jesse, thanks for joining this week. You're the only hero, the new child, the golden child for the week. Thanks for joining. Welcome, Jesse. Anyone else who wants to join, go to patreon.com slash mentally chill. And just want to let you know, I have two, count them, two t-shirts left. So I've got one medium and one large, both amazing. And if you email me at contact at mentallychillpodcast.com first, one of those t-shirts is yours. And if you email me second, the other one is yours. So 25 bucks, that's uh, including shipping. It's all yours. It's nice, soft cotton t-shirt. And uh, I don't really know textiles too much, so I'm going to leave it at that. And also, I'm going to be having a movie night, most likely June 15th. I'm putting it out there right now. I hope uh, you guys are interested. I'm going to be doing it through Patreon, and there's going to be some, I have to figure it out, but like this way to share the screen, and so we have a movie-going experience together, and we're going to be watching Edge of Seventeen. Thanks, Victoria, for that recommendation. So if you want to hang out with me on a Friday night and watch a movie through our computers together, go to patreon.com slash mentally chill, and you'll see a post up there. Let me know if that date works for you. If it doesn't, I'll find a better night. And I'll probably be doing it around 9 p.m. or 9.30 p.m. East Coast time, so it'll be a little bit early on the West Coast, 6.30 on the West Coast, but I'm trying to do it so that everyone will be awake at the same time. So do that. It'll be fun. It'll be interesting. And I will be doing another live stream coming up soon on Patreon. And you'll see that posted there as well. And anyway, enough with the information. I hate doing the information and I'm sorry for all that information, but I don't know where else to put it. So anyway, enjoy the show. I need to start being more PC, I think. No, you don't. <laughs> you just want to fit in. So that's why I'm just going to pull it off. Oh, definitely want to fit in. Yeah. See, I've lost. We're recording. Okay. I do the intro after. Like I see, when I, see, I get I home, I'll do like a, hey, welcome to the show. Because like, I, yeah. I feel so awkward doing it with someone looking at me. Because mm -hmm. it's like when I moved to LA and I would see people being all of a sudden switching from a human being to someone on camera, mm -hmm. the transition was so awkward. So I feel like it's the same thing that I'm doing just this no, awkward transition it. from like, hey, we were just talking to all of a sudden. I'm like, hey, guys, welcome to the show. Like, it's just yeah. not my personality. That's Yeah, that's like podcasting 101, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, but also I used to do a show. I mean, I still do another show, but we used to always do it in a studio. So like we mm -hmm. had a producer sitting right there and he would just start the music and you were like, hey, welcome to the show. So it felt more official. Yeah, it felt like you were on the radio in 1998 or right. something. But I'm in your apartment and all of a sudden I'm... I If I... Because right now we're in like casual zone a thousand mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's weird if i just switch to news reporter one thousand yeah we don't need to do that it's okay right <laughs> so anyway i do that after but uh we were just but we were saying something before i just said that that was oh i forgot actually oh, oh no oh the pc stuff 
oh yeah i just want to be more pc but it is i want to fit in i don't like being unique or or like anything like that i don't like not fitting in at all i hate why that's i want to get into your brain i'm like a blood cell or something i just want to be with the other ones you do but you know you're eventually just going to turn to a cancer cell and you'll be with all the other cancer ones but you'll be fine because as long as you're right all having cancer you're fine i feel like i feel that way about la a lot is like if your city doesn't have like hardships it's kind of a shitty city and it's okay that you're going through the hardships because you're going through them with lots and lots and lots of people. Other people having hardships. Yeah. For me, it's like more people, the better that if there's like a million more in the city, I'll go to that city because it means that more people are okay with the hardship. Okay. So you're saying the shittier people are doing, you feel better about yourself. The more people that are doing it, the more likely I am to like be like, Oh, it's okay. I guess like if it's like smoking or like, wow, uh, you are such a, you're like Ariana Grande or something. Yeah. (laughs) Wait. So why are you such a sheep? I, no, I also I, sometimes occasionally on the show do a little thing where I feel like I make the guests feel sadder or worse about themselves. No, I like, so I'm jumping right into it. I think it's more, I want to be a sheep socially, like in my like family group, unlike my family tree or something. I want, I want to just fit in perfectly and not stand out. Like on the family tree, I don't want to look any different. I don't want anyone to look at me like on, at a family party or anything like that. But like outside in the world, it's like just leave me alone. So you mean if you're in a family of, all non-tattooed people you won't get a tattoo yeah because you don't want to deal with is it because of the wrath or is it because you're not even interested enough in a tattoo you know like are you interested enough in being something different it's not the wrath at all it's more like i just don't want the attention i don't i just don't want attention at all whether it's good or bad okay this is very interesting so yeah um we're in los angeles the place where people go to be seen and heard and like looked at. It's happened recently, so yeah, it's a surprise to me. I'm like, so yeah. you haven't always wanted to stand out. I feel like I've my social anxiety has picked up in the past couple of years, and like, like I used to sit in my car a lot and like I'll, I was like smoke cigarettes or something, and now I can't even fathom doing that. So I'm like, oh, people will see me when they drive by like they'll look at me or something like if anyone looks at me i'm like oh my god i gotta get the hell out of this parking lot okay so do you think that this has impacted your like do you feel more depressed by all this stuff uh yeah totally because i remember like in my early 20s i felt like it was a badge of honor to live like a hot sweaty life in like a smoggy part of hollywood like Mm -hmm. i was like it's okay like we're all hot it's fine it's whatever and i don't know recently i've just kind of become more closed in on that more like uh like if it's 7 p.m i'm like oh i can't leave the house i'll I'll lose a parking spot like right is this because you're getting older because these are these are thoughts i have but they're more based in age age and and logistics and like things not being a pain in the butt before it was like okay well whatever i'll just lose my parking spot and deal with it and walk but now it's like i've been doing that for 10 years i don't feel like doing it anymore i do wonder if it's about age but i do have a suspicion that has to do with like life events more so okay so yeah are they life event i feel like i'm like leading you i mean you will answer it this way and i'm trying to lead you down this path do you think it's because you feel like weighed down and everything's too heavy? So finding a parking spot is just one additional action that like your brain doesn't want to have to go through. It's yeah. It's like the leading up to that is very anxiety inducing. Like my, I'll get like very anxious, like days leading up to like knowing I have to find a parking spot. I'll think about it. Like right now it's Thursday and on Saturday I have to come back over here 
around like 2 p.m. But it's Pride weekend in West Hollywood. Oh, dear God. And like, that's fine. It's actually on Sunday. So like finding a parking spot won't be hard. And I have a permit. So it's going to be a really easy action probably. But I've been thinking about it since Wednesday. Wait, so Saturday, is there no parking on the street here? Or is no, it just because of Pride, you have to move your car for no, no, a parade no. or something? I just have to go run like two errands and come back. Oh. And I'm afraid that I won't ever find a parking spot wow. for the rest of my life. Right, right. You're prep. <laughs> you're like, you're preparing for Doomsday days in advance. And like Doomsday is actually just going to be like, yeah. not Doomsday, but maybe like... Like I go to therapy and a come blip. back. Yeah. yeah, it's really... Yeah. So for four days, I've been thinking about a parking spot. And that's where I'm at. Just imagine all the other things that could be existing in your mind if it wasn't being taken up by that thought. Like oh, I know. if your I brain a, had more space. I have a writing packet that's due like in three weeks or something. And I'm like thinking about a parking spot for four days. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is the spot. We're going to every, all my actions have to lead to getting the spot back. Is that a priority because like you're avoiding the other thing or are you know. not an avoider? I. I feel like I'm an avoider, then I'm a nuker. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, like, yeah. I am too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Either, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. And then boom, I have to do it all right then, right there. Yeah, it, totally. For me, it's not like a manic thing. It's more of a, I procrastinate, procrastinated like an asshole thing. Mm-hmm. And now I have no choice but to do everything now. Oh, I think mine is a little more sways towards manic. Okay. Um, just because... I feel like I, in my past, I, I, I used to drink a lot. And when I was young, I stopped drinking. But like my life had to get really bad before I stopped drinking. And like then when I stopped drinking, I was like, oh, I, I can't do anything. It's just like very like 100 or nothing Black kind of attitude. White. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, if it wasn't a mental health podcast, I would go back and talk to you about like, well, I mean, I guess maybe this could fit in the realm. But like I'm you so fast. You start a fast- third podcast. I do. And... <laughs> Finally, I might go, wow, I'm okay with it. Like, I mean, I'm okay with this podcast, but like, I just hate everything I do. Mm, so it's like I have too. to just keep doing other things until I get to a point where I'm like, maybe this one won't be bad. I like this show. Thank you. Yeah, I subscribe to it. Did you really? Yeah. Awesome. I've, I've been a subscriber for a while. Wow. I didn't just do it yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I That's like amazing. it. That's uh, amazing. But I, I can relate to not liking anything you do, though. Like, yeah, I think that's I think that's a part of who like maybe are. I don't know how alike we are, but I do think it's a symptomatic of like people cynical, pursuing funny people comedy kind of type yeah. of situation. So for people listening, um, I don't even, well, it's for people listening and for me, but I don't even know. So you're pursuing comedy writing, but you also have dabbled in stand up. Yeah. I used to do stand up uh, years ago um, in my twenties here okay. in LA. And so okay. I'm sure there's a YouTube clip or a Vimeo clip or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, no password needed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I want to put passwords on no mine. No private I'm sick links. of people seeing mine going, oh, I saw your stand-up. And I'm like, ugh, I don't like those clips. But, but yeah, your Instagram's funny. You, don't, you have like you have fans. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I've got some. You have people reaching out to you. <laughs> it's easier for me to do Instagram because I get very nervous um, with people just st- staring at me. Well, yeah, I like the idea that I can just delete. Mm-hmm. I don't delete too quickly, too often, occasionally. Um, sometimes, you know what I'll do is archive. Mm. I'll put something up and I'll go, eh, but I don't want to lose the caption that I put and maybe I could go back and like rethink it. I've never about done it. that. Yeah, you just archive it so it hides it from your page. The problem is though, if you put it back on your page, it shows like, because I'll only leave it up for five minutes and it has three likes and then I arc- and then I bring it back from archive. So it's like, oh, I, I posted it three days ago, but it only has three likes, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so I won't usually bring it back, but I'll leave it there so I can go ruminate on like what I want to bring back. I anyway, like but I have a I have a private Instagram account. 
where I just follow like trashy celebrities and I post like pictures of like like cars and, or like random you, stuff on the street and stuff but it's like a very like lame Instagram. Is it a troll account or is no, it people a, know it's you? No, it's not a troll account at all. I've literally told people to follow me back on it and they won't. No, like they funny. ignored the text. I was yeah. like, okay, well I just have like a Finsta and no one cares. But it's because that doesn't do anything for their ego. That your Instagram? Because yeah, it's the, all ego based. Yeah. And so... Someone, I, I agree. <laughs> someone follows you on Instagram because one, they like you, mm-hmm. and then two, whatever you're posting is cool. in line with what they want. But then yeah. if you go outside of what their priority is, it's like they don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, I feel like my if you had like a tweet or an Instagram activity monitor of my Instagram, it would look like an insane person's, which I think it is an insane person's running it. So yeah. I'm like, uh, I need to unfollow every journalist that talks about this one thing, and I'll just unfollow like 30 people at once. It something. feels good though. It does. I feel like crazy sometimes doing it yeah wrong with me (laughs) like i can't just stick to like 400 yeah i don't know yeah okay well so i wanted to talk to you about coming to terms with depression or mental health problems or things that are going on that you know you kind of have to come to realize are real Mm -hmm. and not temporary Mm -hmm. and you have to actually deal with them yeah um and then i also want to talk about stand-up comedy and like of why you're not out doing stand-up why i'm not out doing stand-up mm. i know for me it's depression based and um self-esteem based which i would assume would be for other people and you had mentioned crying in a writer's room so <laughs> i want to get to that because yeah <laughs> any crying in public for me is just like like that's the turkey on the table for dinner like it's just that's the is, best is it like so would you call it just like the ultimate sign of just like not doing well It'd be, it's the ultimate sign of being a human being. Oh, wow. And ever since I was younger, I've always wanted to see other people as human beings because I would see them and they looked so one-dimensional and so empty and not, you know, like, I don't know. I always kind of wonder, is this like a sociopathic side of me or something? And I know it's really not, but mm-hmm. I have a really hard time seeing other people as human beings. I see them all kind of the same. And not the same as in like a Hitler way, like no, we're like, see, yeah. you're all whatever and you deserve to die. Mm-hmm. More like I want from them stuff that I know that I feel inside and I want, I basically want people to be more human and emotional on so the you outside. Can be? Not so I can be, but so I can feel a shared connection. Oh, I see. I this don't is, like that, which is crazy. Really? I want people to not act human because like it's embarrassing to me. I'm oh like, well, yeah, stop. I appreciate I go, that side of that too. Well, but like, I really believe I'm like I go through so much trouble to like hide my feelings and to like, like, w- basically work hard and hide everything so that you guys can laugh or like enjoy my company. Yeah, and you're like, like it's not that easy being one dimensional. Yeah, I, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, to like, <laughs> yeah, you're three and you like make yourself one every time you leave the house. It's insane. And I just, I feel resentful and jealous of people that are like, no, I'm going to do me. I'm like, you can just be you. That's crazy. How can you just be yourself? You want to be you? Like, Yeah, I mean, there, there was something a little sickening to, to me about that. Like, oh, I, but have, like some, have some humility. I mean, I don't want people to mm-hmm. be like, when I say be human, I don't mean tr- like, you know, being just this like wacky emo wild person i I mean like someone who just when you're in line and the line is really fucking long Mm -hmm. i want someone to turn to me and be like god damn this line is so long and i want to go oh my god i know it's so long and it's so hot in here and i want them to be like oh my god it's so hot in here i love to connect on like common shared 
annoyances Mm -hmm. or something because I all of a sudden go, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that thinks living is hard. And, you know, and so when I see people just, you know, in the movie theater when someone's talking and everyone just sits there quietly and doesn't respond, Mm -hmm. I want to get up and like shake everyone by the collar and be like, wake up, man, be a human. Tell this person to shut up and get some fucking balls. And I, yeah, yesterday and I'll let you start talking. I swear. No, 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 it's fine. (laughs) But yesterday I was on a flight and oh, also we're going to talk about rage. Okay, because I do think Rage is tied in with depression. Not the movie that's coming out, and they're like a like a Dwayne John, like the Rock. Movie. Oh my god! I, when you <laughs> it's said good, when you said isn't that a movie? All I thought was like it had to be a Rock type of movie because it sounds so cheesy. <laughs> oh no, Rampage is the movie. It got good reviews. I oh, think. Rampage. <laughs> Who? How do you like sell a screen? Like you have a screenplay as a screenwriter called Rampage, and someone's like, "That sounds great. Let's make it." I just I can't just, imagine that. I bet meeting. it's so easy to do. I actually think it's it's probably it so, probably is so it's easy, just like actually. sells itself with the rock. Yeah. That's how I feel. Real screenplays just get fucking thrown out, stepped on, and then someone walks in with the rampage and they're like, Gold. That's gold. They probably don't even walk in with it. They probably walk in with like literally like uh like an email that says like we have the rights to this. Like yeah. now let's attach the rock and then we'll worry about a script in like months from now. I know. It's because it will sell lots of tickets because anyway (laughs) so i was on a flight and Mm -hmm. um you had mentioned rage i have done such a good job at honing in my rage Mm -hmm. my flight yesterday and you might have seen the video that i posted on my instagram but the girl next to me for six hours and 15 minutes non-stop was swinging her foot that's crazy it was she had to have been on something like someone wrote like coke foot Mm. but she was the more insane part to me was that she was reading the same book for six hours while she was shaking her foot like that like how long is this book but who can read straight for six hours she didn't close her eyes she didn't go to the bathroom she didn't listen to music no i was like what kind of psycho am i sitting next to yeah and i wanted some so she was shaking her foot for hours and i couldn't not see it because we were in an exit row and Mm. so there's more leg room i'm like of course the one time there's more leg room (laughs) Like, I always want the more leg room, and then I get it, and here's what I get. That's awesome. Um, But I, in the past, would have said something to her. Yeah. And I would have tried to do it in, like, a funny, in my mind, because I'm obsessed with Seinfeld. I would have tried to be, like, Elaine, and been like, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you've been doing your foot like that for hours. Like, I would have... I get it, yeah. But that has always led to either a blow-up, with the person or an internal blow up where then I start crying after, even mm-hmm. if it goes okay, I just, my adrenaline gets going. And so, um, yesterday I didn't do that. I didn't say, Hey, can you stop with your, with your tapping? You're driving me out of my goddamn mind. Mm-hmm. I just was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to look at this as a good moment because it's comedic. It's funny. I can post it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'll make it a story. Here's why it's good. Mm-hmm. And so I avoided going into that rage. But basically, the girl who was sitting on the aisle, I was in the window. Mm-hmm. The girl in the aisle, I kept looking to her going, say something, you spineless Yeah, she should have said something. Come on, just say something. I know she, right. I wanted her to make eye contact with Connect me going like, what is with this foot? Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't. And she just, to me, was not a human being. And so that is, I don't know what exactly... I was going where I was going with that. No, I you were explaining like why you like people being being human. Yeah, I, I, I relate to the rage stuff a lot. I have said stuff in movie theaters and to people smoking weed outside my house or whatever, and it 
it yeah it makes me very emotional because i either there's a blow up or like i internalize it and I feel like a lot of shame about that. Like, why do I care so much that those are my only two options, you know? Right, right. You have to internally look at yourself after this kind of minutia type of scenario you're in. It, it's meaningless, but all of a sudden it's a bigger picture thing for yourself. Yeah, it's not good for like your partners to be around. And yeah, it's and, like, yeah. And also like, I didn't like when I saw men yelling in public when I was a kid. It's like really scary and like... And even, pathetic looking. Yeah, it's you know what? It, it's like, I feel like I hate like white trash, like, men i'll leave i'm sorry (laughs) no i like i just like where i grew up i feel like i saw it and i saw like uh i don't know it's just like it really bothered me and so i have like this big fear of being that yeah and so i i uh like sometimes i'll hear like someone yell at someone else like in traffic i'm like oh fuck that's what i sound like yeah well when you're not i gotta be funny and then it's like still not that funny like well when you're not in the rage you see how stupid it is from the outside. Mm-hmm. If I see someone getting mad at someone else, I'm like, chill out. Yeah. But then when I'm that person, you're so consumed with it and so overcome with it. And I did an episode on rage a long time ago. But uh, for me, it was directly tied into my depression because mm-hmm. I felt very unseen and very misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And it was my own doing, but it was essentially the community around me in Los Angeles. I wasn't being accepted. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a, I mean, I still don't, I didn't have a click. Mm. I felt like people weren't seeing me and I felt like I had to share this exact same opinion on everything with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I felt like you this, do. Yeah. I, I mean, you it's do. True. And like, I'm just over it now. Now I'm like, I don't give a fuck anymore. No, no. I, yeah, no, like politically and everything like, right. There's a divide and there's, there is, there's no like honor in being yourself right now politically honestly like it's like no you either want work or you don't it's kind of tough right and you have to march to the beat of so-and-so's drum and if you do great you'll be fine but i just can't do that stuff but for a long time i was very angry at myself for not being able to do that stuff and now that i've let a lot of that go i mean my depression is still there but the rage has quelled a little not Mm -hmm. completely because it's like i feel the undertone of it but i just don't really act on it Mm -hmm. but uh anyway tell me about i guess we'll just get into the writer's room stuff since i'm talking about being human oh yeah that's me being very human so you're feeling at this point when you're in the writer's room are you having like issues with depression yet or yeah definitely i'm my brother passed away and a year later i'm in a writer's room and we're gonna talk about that too yeah, but yeah. I didn't. do you want to talk about that first? Um, it's up to you. Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense. It makes it, it, yeah. Okay. We just and yeah. I forgot to say that part completely. It's, it's okay. But you lost your brother to suicide. Yes, which is about three years ago. Yeah, which relevant is so this awful. Week, obviously, of course, to this yeah. week. Yeah, in um, this up in this podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, and then I remember I just like I'd been going through it for so long with that, and I. I didn't really process it until almost recently, I feel like. depressed before his suicide or did that kick off some sort of spiral for you? Yeah, it like definitely kicked it off. It was like, yeah. I mean, my life wasn't like like the most amazing in the world right before, but I felt like I had a good life and I like I wanted a better one. And I was saying I felt like at the time I was saying yes to life and like um, I was I was starting fresh and stuff in some ways and it was really cool. And then. Uh, my brother passed and I, it almost felt like instantly stagnant. Right. Like you had just started saying yes. And all of a sudden you in a way kind of had to say no and not, you don't have to say no, but all of a sudden the brakes kind of start going on on their own when something 
tragic like that happens you have to restart and like redefine yeah. what yes is and it's weird it's like and then you tell your friends and they're there for you as much as they can be but like they i mean they have to go home and they forget about it probably halfway through you know the drive home and like you're like it's just yeah. like you don't connect anymore for a little while and i feel like in depression like you don't connect with your friends like it's hard to laugh and all my friends like we just want to laugh and you know tell like silly jokes and do impressions of each other and just be dumb and it's just like it can be hard to like want to go in that environment when i know like oh i have so much pain underneath yeah i talked about this too on an episode the mm -hmm. uh laughing thing for me was really hard when i was in college and i was first kind of understanding that i was depressed that was when i i started getting depression around 19 ish 18 19 when mm -hmm. i went away to college and a friend of mine my best friend she had such a like a bountiful laugh like it just was this like full just laugh at everything mm -hmm. always and it was a big smile and laughing and i would find something funny like i would see why it would be funny but i physically could not make my you wouldn't do it self laugh yeah. i couldn't and i wanted to and i always looked at her like god i just want to be able to just belly laugh mm -hmm. and i couldn't for years um and so i know what it feels like to just kind of have that like it's not a wall really it's just more of like a like you turn on the faucet and no water comes out yeah it's, it's like, like you're sad it's just it sad doesn't work yeah yeah i feel like my like depression is like um it's like you're behind like a glass like closet or something just yelling like hey there's something wrong with me but you just like doesn't come out like mm -hmm. you can't like i've been i remember i wanted to tell one of my friends for like literally years about how i felt about like how like how i was feeling and just it never came out of my mouth like literally every time i went to hang out with him i wanted to tell him something and then nothing would come out and you know what i picture yeah in ace ventura when he's like <laughs> the glass he's like the door opens the door yeah. he's like ah yeah that's ah, exactly what happens ah, when you're depressed. Yeah. <laughs> yep um, aguado i don't know if you know ace ventura that well i don't remember okay. <laughs> i but i was gonna say that uh the movie theater where I saw Ace Ventura when I was a kid, I saw a guy yell at a woman during Independence Day because she was like this funny black lady talking really loudly. Oh. And mm -hmm. I thought it was so funny. I was like, oh my God, she's making the movie like really funny. Yeah. Like she's laughing at like all the like like things like falling down or so, like just like funny yeah. stuff. And this guy yelled at her. And I was like, that guy's white trash. And then like I yelled at someone in a, at the Chinese theater like two years ago during another, another rock movie, uh, San Andreas. But they were like, they were shaking their seats. So the whole row, the Chinese, like one of the most famous movie theaters in the, in oh, the world. Oh, well, San Andreas, there you go. That's perfect, though. It's like 3D movie making. Quake, yeah. Earthquake, the movie theater shaking. She was like, sir, I'm being paid to do this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I yelled at her and like, people were like really happy with me. And I right, was so embarrassed. Right, but when you say yell, though, I feel like you're overstating because I, I, you're a very nice you seem like a very gentle person. It seems you're not yelling. It might be manipulative, though. You're like probably naturally. going like, "Hey, do you mind?" You're probably not going like, "Listen, bitch, you better stop." No, There's I'm not saying difference. it like that. But I am like, it's more like I feel like it's more honed in and like stern, and like maybe I'm gonna try and be funny too. I don't think I did there, but like I did. I, I think I tweeted that I saved the world, like The Rock saved everyone. <laughs> but like I, but like I remember feeling like I, you know what? It's just that I can't do it at all because I think. I'm afraid of being too mean yeah. I, because I know that I can be. And so at this point I can't do it at all because I just want like, I wish I yeah. was your life coach right now because I would tell you, stop. Worrying. Are you a life coach? No. Oh, okay. God, <laughs> no, I'm like the furthest thing. I couldn't coach myself. I couldn't coach tennis. I could coach nothing. 
Um, but if I could, mm -hmm. I would tell you to stop worrying about what people think so much. Yeah, I think my friend told me that like two nights ago on the phone. I want to take you by the collar. Like I said, I want to shake other people when they're not, you know, telling someone to be quiet. Mm -hmm. I want to take you by the collar and shake you and say like, stop caring. I think it's, um, I was like that growing up, but in Hollywood, it seems like your steps are so sacred almost like yeah like, but i think they're sacred when you're worried about them being sacred and the minute you say fuck it and you just do I your agree. own thing and become your own person then those steps don't matter and you can just like i've learned that now in my own path i can't do what anyone else wants me to do i have to do what i am going to do mm -hmm. and that's the only way i will ever get anywhere in the minute I mean, I haven't stopped thinking about that completely, but the minute I did a little bit, things started going a little bit better for me. Yeah, I know. It's cool. I One of the most successful people I know is like, all he does is him. Like he's, like his tweets are very like, like he just doesn't care what anyone thinks and he's extremely rich now. Like, right. he did like and I remember I was like really intimidated by him when I met him. It was like 2010 or something. I was like, oh, this guy's like, oh God. <laughs> like it's a whole thing with him. He makes a comment all the time. Every time you walk in, there's a joke and like, I, I was just jealous that he was comfortable with him being himself. And I was like, oh, there's this guy. He's like being himself. Right. I work like the same thing. Like It's so weird because you would think being yourself would be the easiest thing in the world because you are you. You are mm -hmm. in your body and that's all you. But it's so hard to be yourself. I know. I mean, it's taken me years and I'm really hoping by like 40, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be like at least me too. okay with like my smile or something. Like I just mm -hmm. want to eliminate one worry. Um a year or something and finally get to a point where i'm i'm okay yeah but okay so you have you <laughs> ever been on antidepressants or anything at all or i you know what i was just thinking about this because i was listening to your podcast and i was remembering the first time i went to a doctor to talk about depression i was 21 it was in santa monica and there's like this giant office building i i feel like in like the early 2010s, like everything was in Santa Monica. Yeah. So I went there and like, I remember it being a very brief talk with a doctor across a big desk and he wrote me a prescription for something extremely expensive and it made me feel nauseous and... Taking it or the idea of taking it? No, taking it. Okay. And I don't remember what it was, but he didn't like... I My experience just was not very good. He didn't like care about like seeing me again and adjusting. It was just like very He was cold. like, here you go. Bye-bye. See ya. Yeah, it kind of turned me off, honestly. Like, I kind of, I really white-knuckled it after that. Well, I find that people, I mean, it was the same with me, but, like, you make one attempt, it doesn't work in terms of looking for mental health resources mm -hmm. or help. You take that step, you try, it doesn't work, and then you just kind of tuck your head back in your shell and go away. Because you're like, well, that didn't work, and I tried. And that happened to me when I was first getting medication i had a bad doctor and i don't think i got the right prescription or mm -hmm. the right diagnosis or anything and i just went well that was really hard and now i have no strength left mm -hmm. to find another person or to continue the fight yeah and continue looking and continue researching and and putting myself out there so then i went a few more years and then finally i went to um, my general doctor and i said I was crying in her office and I was really mm. just there because I didn't know where else to go because no one was returning my calls um, for psych like for psychiatrists. Yeah. And I just 
cried and I said, I just desperately need an antidepressant. And she said, well, I don't really know, you know, them that well. I can give you something, mm -hmm. but I don't know if it will be right for you specifically. So she then introduced me to a psychiatrist that she knew. And finally it got the ball rolling into someone actually like listening to me and talking to me. Mm -hmm. But it was like years after my first attempt that I finally was back with her. It's mm. like a mixture of being depressed, I think, and a mixture of being a procrastinator and like having no real motivation to help myself. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So did I you had that experience too, by the way, with sobriety. I had like three months sober and then I, I went, I, I moved to LA and I, I pulled up to a meeting on 20th and Broadway, I think. 26th and Broadway. I don't know. I think 26th and Broadway. There's like a famous meeting out there in an AA meeting and I uh and I and the guy just some guy who actually ended up being like friends with years later he was like there's no I showed up like 10 minutes before the meeting which in LA you have to show up an hour before apparently. to get a spot or something just like, a parking spot a sp like a spot inside that it's, tells you something about LA it's insane when you like, getting into an AA meeting is even a hustle yeah it's a bit yeah especially on the west side it was and the east side now actually they're pretty packed but uh or they were at least when I was going a lot and uh I remember the guy was like, there's no more room, like, there's no parking, no nothing. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I went and, like, relapsed. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, right. You're the like, there day, was, was like, my attempt, yeah. and bye. Yeah. I know. Believe me, I've been there. So are you thinking of now getting on anything at all? Because I think you – so you hit me up a little bit about mm -hmm. depression. Yeah. Because I had – you know I do this podcast, and yeah. I had posted about Kate Spade. Yeah. And I do have people reach out to me and say, thanks for, you know – yeah, I like that post. So when you re reached out to me and you said thanks for posting that, um, I cried when I saw the CNN. Did push you? I felt like you it were hit me hard. It was weird. Yeah, I could feel that vibe just from the direct message. It was I weird. felt your sadness. Yeah, it, it was like almost embarrassing. Like I immediately, I, I, I got the notification and it was, it was like a reaction. I think that's like a sign of my depression is like a, emotions that are not by choice almost. Right, right, like the crying and stuff, like so. Like what, tearing up hard, or so, just being like overrun with it because you've been hiding it for so long. Yeah, and I think, of course, it would also hit you because of your brother. Yeah, that. Oh, I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, it's like from not talking about it, and then I see like a push notification. It's like, oh, there's clearly something wrong here. Yeah, you know? I then, think number one, turn off push notifications. I know. I just turned them off for next door. <laughs> You did. And I was like, no more emails, no nothing. I'm over this fucking app. I did. It was a big step for me, but I turned them off from Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, my only notifications that come in are like text messages and um, Headspace telling me to get some Headspace, but I haven't purchased the app. So those are like my only two. And then, of course, if I have like my, um, you know, Postmates or something and an mm -hmm. order comes in, but I shut everything else off and that took a lot of strength to do. Do you like Headspace? I liked it for the 10 days that I got it free. Yeah. I liked his voice and I, he really relaxed me and I kind of quote unquote meditated to mm -hmm. it. But what I really did was just Chill. fall asleep. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. It relaxed me because at the time I was feeling a bit more anxious. Um, and I know you have sleep problems. I no normally yeah. never have sleep problems, but I was, and I used the app at the time and for the 10 days and he would put me to sleep. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to take like, I actually take Zequil. If what you're, does that do? <laughs> Zequil is like NyQuil, so it makes you drowsy, but without any medication. Like there's oh, no, cool. it's not treating a sore throat or anything like that. Oh, I've never. I that sounds like something I'd be into. It works really well, and really? I don't know. Yeah, but you do need to definitely be able to get a full eight hours because you'll mm -hmm. feel groggy if not. Um, 
but it freaks me out because I know there's something in it that has to do with what they use for uh, putting people under for surgeries and oh, stuff. Oh, like anesthesia? Yeah. Wow. So there's like, I think there's like a little quality of. That's cool. <laughs> but that's intense. And I'm like, I can't believe they sell it over the counter. I know. Oh, it must be fine then. Yeah. Or someone paid a politician a lot of money. <laughs> Probably. And we're all good. The latter. Though. Yeah. I, I'm sure McDonald's is worse for you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not worried about McDonald's. So. Do you eat McDonald's? Oh my God. I eat so much McDonald's. Actually, right now, I will show you what my mom gave me. I was just home visiting. And my mom, this is what my mom thinks of my life. She oh was like, here, I have something that you would really McDonald's like. McDonald's coupons. It's like a McDonald's coupon book. Oh, that's awesome. There's like buy one, get one free for chicken nuggets. There's a buy one, get one free for a Big Mac. I'm I a mean, big Wendy's so, guy. Wendy's is good. I love well, Wendy's. Wendy's is so expensive. It is? Yeah. It just seems so cheap compared to In-N-Out. That's why I get it. Compared to In-N-Out, yeah. But compared to McDonald's, it's expensive. McDonald's, but McDonald's is, is even getting food. expensive. Oh, it is? Yeah. I haven't been in a really long time. Good. Stay away. I, I am having weird things now with eating meat and i'm because mm-hmm. mike carano i don't know if you know who he is but he comes on my show if you, uh every now and then but mm-hmm. on the last episode he came on he was like you know i sat down and i started to cut the steak and i just couldn't get out of my head that this thing was like a breathing mm. creature at one point and i just it and so now dog he's, and stuff you're like yeah he's gotten in my head a bit mm-hmm. so i'm having a hard time eating meat so i actually haven't i've eaten what about it, your but, dog then your dog eat meat yeah of course he eats meat that's how that, that like I feel like that's what would help me if I like got sad about eating meat. I'd be like, "Oh, my dog just tears away well, at it." So, and he's cool, <laughs> right? Well, I always see Nikki Glaser, the comedian, posting stuff about. She's being so a, funny. She's so super funny. Yeah, but she's super on the vegan thing, mm-hmm. and so she's like, "If you love, oh yeah, if you she eat is, meat, right? You, if you eat meat, you love pets, not animals." Mm-hmm. And like, I get that logic, but I, I always want to ask her, right? But I always want to ask her, what does her dog eat? She has two dogs. Mm-hmm. What do they eat? What do you vegan? I and this is not just her. This is for all vegans in general. Yeah, I. What do your dogs eat and what do your cats eat? Yeah, maybe they eat like an ultra. Exp- yeah, I wonder what vegans feed their dogs. Maybe like a ultra expensive diet. But like, like, are they just giving them like veggie stuff and are yeah, their I poops wonder. different? And I just yeah. it's like a world that I don't know. That and is I honestly don't care that much. But <laughs> anyway, okay. I wish I could get d- my dogs like amazing. Just for dogs meals or something, the human grade meals. Oh my God, was it PetSmart with my dad? And he's such an old school guy. Like, you know, what the first time he had ever had wheat bread was when I brought it home when I was in college. He's like, what's it? What's the shit? You oh, know, wow. like he's very just, yeah. he's Italian and you eat like, you know, pasta and bread and, and meat yeah. and, you know, like garlic bread and stuff. Yeah. That sounds just so good. Everything's got tons of butter and oil. And yeah. anyway, so he's so not concerned with health. And mm-hmm. we're at, smart or something and there was a big thing of food that was like antioxidant food my dad's like your dog needs antioxidants now are you <laughs> oh, kidding you, yeah we get what did i get like wi- some wilderness kind of food or so- something where it's like actually like sounds good like some salmon or something and i'm like it's not horses anymore they don't need <laughs> right, like- right 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 um okay so you haven't been on antidepressants but are you i feel like right now i i'm just guessing are you at like a pretty low point now and yeah, would you I mean, say lower than normal yeah a little lower than normal yeah for sure and I, yeah and what definitely. are you doing to try to not fall into like a hole or you know forcing myself to tell a couple people i guess okay good forcing myself uh or like about like oh like this is what's going on in my life and or or whatever but yeah and how are you finding people react when you tell them um how i'm feeling um they react like friends react, like some react um, well-versed in the language of self-help and 
it makes a lot of sense and others are just like you'll be fine or something you know what i mean do you feel friends distance themselves at all when no, you tell them no that's good that's really good news for people listening yeah because i think a lot of people are afraid to talk to other people my experience is that um i'm i've I haven't told people about other things in the past and that they're kind of a, a little annoyed of that and upset. Right. Like, why didn't you, why didn't you keep, why like, what's you keep the point of way? our life of our like relationship? If you're not going to use it, like, well, yeah. I always talk about on the show, my friend, Jen, who I call resident consultant, Jen, she's almost got her doctorate in psychology and whatever. And cool. so we've known each other for years, but, I never realized that like she didn't know I was depressed. It was like a weird part of me <laughs> that she didn't t- know. Teachers immediately, <laughs> right, right. And then she heard the pod- podcast and was like, "I didn't know all this about you." Mm-hmm. And I just assumed she did because we were just such good friends for so long. Yeah. That like, how do you not know this about me? Yeah. Either it's my fault or her fault, but I'm pretty sure I'm just going to blame her and say it was her mm-hmm. fault and she wasn't listening. No, but, I yeah. But yeah, I think sometimes you just get on a track with friends and you assume you one you'll assume someone's okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other, you'll assume that they're not okay, but you're not going to really want to broach the topic with them because it's weird and they didn't bring it up. So why do you want to make them feel bad? Yeah. It's a I, weird thing. Yeah. I've, it's, yeah, it's just like an overall bummer. And I still like thinking about it now. I'm like, man, why'd I do that? But I don't, friends definitely, I've never had the experience of them distancing themselves. So like your listeners should, that should not be the concern. The concern is usually like embarrassment, like vulnerability. Anonymity is nice because you can isolate. Yeah. But there's those friends that people have, and I don't really have them because, number one, I don't have many friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, I'm not attracted to these types of people. But there's the people that have friends that are more of the easy breezy friends. You're mm-hmm. there when you want to go out and you're, mm-hmm. you know, that's very do the social thing, yeah. fun things yeah and so i think those types of friendships the people will distance themselves because mm. you're no longer that person that they can just go out to the club with or go out grab a drink with you know yeah. it's like you lose your selling point to them mm. a I little feel, bit yeah your listeners might have a lot of experience in that actually then because like i feel like in comedy everyone is so depressed there's no like loose like fun people so so like no one's going to be like, oh, well, we're, we were going to go out. But now that you're depressed, you're not coming with us. It's like, no, everyone in comedy is depressed and we're they're still going out. Well, is it weird that I feel like I hmm. have experienced so many non-depressed people in comedy? I've I met think so lying. many self-assured, <laughs> oh. confident, no mental health problem comedians. And I'm like, get out of here. This isn't, no, you go get the regular job. They're not job. covering it up? Leave, it, leave the space for the depressed people. I don't think they're covering it up because... I've had people, not like tons of them, but like mm-hmm. I can think of one or two that are like, I don't even know what it would feel like to be depressed. Mm. Like I don't even, the concept, and actually one of the comedians, Michael Costa, you know mm-hmm. he's, Yeah. I wanted, he, Super maybe he'll still come and on. Tall. Yeah. And he's yeah. like not depressed at all. And I've said to him before, you're coming on oh, my podcast I so yeah. that I can explain depression to your simple brain. I've heard of that before. I've heard, it, there's a, yeah, there's a guy on TV I've heard about who's like, he's like really funny. He's not in LA. And um, <laughs> of course he's not. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, he's really funny, but like he's not like a lot of us. He's like super like everything's chill. Like everything just works out for him. But like not like in a like a Winklevoss twin kind of way. Yeah, he's yeah, more yeah. like, no, I'm just me. And if I'm funny, then you can hire me. And if not, like I don't care. And like the guy gets hired. Like he's like has yeah. he's really fun. And like I think that's really cool. There are those people in comedy who are like no, they're just like they're z- just funny. They're zany almost. Yeah, yeah, and they're not cursed with 
with the darkness. Yeah. But I just don't know. The mixture know. is great, though. The zany and the darkness is always like, yeah. oh, wow. Well, then you get like Robin Williams or something, like genius. I was thinking like Paul Rust, almost. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, very zany, but the darkness is there. So yeah. you just get like this, like, yeah. Definitely. M- messy comedy is fun. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I wish that I could feel what their brain is feeling because I mm-hmm. don't know how you can be funny but not have dark feelings. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how that combination happens. It's almost like having a sky that's blue without sunshine. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, No, it does. But yeah. the sun's got to be somewhere. Yeah. I, don't know, I think really you can only be funny. I, I mean, that's, I feel like that's probably not true, but like a big part of my belief in being funny is that like, sadness is usually the spark and the fire is more like the slowly getting over it. Yeah. And that fire is like, jokes that make laughter yeah i love so, that yeah i that was very deep finally we got was, we, we went down another layer on my show Usually I, really, I try I, to keep it shallow <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's real uh i winged it and made it it was <laughs> nice <laughs> um yeah so do you think that your um your next step is to like uh keep doing any sort of stand-up so that mm. you know because you mentioned not doing stand-up lately you would ask if i was been i've been doing it which i haven't and i know that i tell myself because i want to move to new york i'm like mm-hmm. i'll just start doing it again when i go to new york yeah like i'll just commit again and i'll feel happier and re i'll be just a start over like a mm-hmm. little bit of a do-over fresh start kind of no, feeling but really the truth is i'm not doing it here because of the amount of like self-hate i have mm-hmm. in regards to my jokes, what I look mm. like on stage, how people perceive me, yeah. the process of like hustling and kissing ass and mm-hmm. being part of a clique. But it it comes down to just this heavy cloud. Like when I think of doing stand-up right now, I just think of a heavy, dark cloud. Yeah. Why aren't you doing it? Is it that reason or something easier and lighter? <laughs> well, for me, it feels more like inauthentic for me to do it because I did it for so long and I felt like I didn't have the same passion that a lot of my friends had in regards to it. Like my goal was never to be like someone with a comedy central half hour. Mine wasn't either. Yeah. So, so it's then like, I was like, well, maybe I felt, don't even really want it. Yeah, yeah. It felt more like, like, um, when I was submitting for writing jobs or like, even like being like a writer's assistant, like that was like so fun. And like, I wanted nothing but to do that. And so like, it just felt like, Oh, it's so obvious. Like what I, I should what be you doing. really want to do yeah and like what i'm actually like good at it's like it is like a thing where it's like oh well people respond to that and like in con and stand up like one i was doing stand up before 2016 so like I, I don't know i just there was no like what was like CISO back then like it was just like i feel like it was easier to do stand up like open mic like i went to op- an open mic like i don't know like eight months ago i went to a couple and it was like jam packed. Like there were like good looking guys doing stand up. I remember there are, there's this influx of handsome dudes doing comedy, and it's upsetting me. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw like a tall guy with like great hair at uh, Genghis Cohen doing stand up. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I was like, this is nuts. I was like, you know, I don't think I'm like an ugly guy, but I was like, oh, yeah, I thought I was like handsome in stand up. And then like you know, there's like all these new people i'm like fuck all these people from new york yeah yeah well but when i i mean people might say the same thing to me because i'm not like an ogre i guess but you know i think of when i see these handsome dudes doing stand-up i think no leave something for the short like fat dudes mm-hmm. that need this yeah you're too good looking you don't need this this is his leave it for him a lot of like open mics in la i, I like i'll see it. it looks like an impression of what of, they think like 
yes. the people they follow on Twitter yes. were doing like when they were in college. And it's like, I, dude, when you were drinking like roofied beers at Florida State, like we were at the improv, you know, watching, you know, rest in peace, Louis C.K. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, right. I don't know. It just feels like. I just remember in like 2010, 2009, 2011, it felt very, it was almost empty at the open mics in a lot of them. And some on the east side were packed, but it just felt like a lot of the people that were doing well were so good. Well, a friend of mine, she met this guy on Bumble and he's a doctor and he came and met us on the beach. He was super handsome. He looked like Superman. Yeah. And... This is all awesome. It's it's so LA. Mm -hmm. He comes strolling up the beach with like, you know, he like walked from his own place with no shoes or shirt. Oh, like God. it's just, but he's also a doctor, but he came and talked and I was just like, it was, this is my worst nightmare because he was saying that he was doing stand up. Oh, wow. And I was like, but dear God, number one, you have the worst personality I've ever experienced. And I'm in LA. <laughs> yeah. I've experienced lots of bad personalities. Yeah. You're topping it off. So That's number crazy. one, you can't do stand up. Two, you're a doctor. Do oh my God. No need. Stop taking this from us. And, uh, and then I met like two other guys that looked just like him that were out. They were going to the West Side Comedy Theater for the open mic. Oh, wow. And oh, I bet that one gets a lot of that's tons, so funny. tons. Yeah. And I just said, I was like, you probably bomb so hard because you're so good looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're probably said, like, yeah. what are you doing up there? Yeah. But then he didn't say it back to me. So I was a little offended. <laughs> um, so, okay. Well, the I don't want to make the show too heavy, but. I'm going to yeah. talk about the Kate Spade stuff. Oh, yeah, but, good. But before I do, I feel like there were a couple things that we haven't touched upon that I wanted to talk about with you. Okay. One, I wanted to get the crying story. Oh, yeah. So oh, how did you start crying in a writer's room? <laughs> well, it happened like more than once. but It did? Oh, yeah. Just like something would trigger me in this room. Uh, there were like there were two rooms. So whenever you get hired, they just bring a box of tissues like in for you <laughs> i think they're As already default. there <laughs> yeah, yeah. i uh no i just remember i got triggered somehow i got triggered more than once somehow and i and i was just like typing away typing away and like your brain just can't stop thinking about like this one virus now that's in there it just infects you and like tears like will just come out and i remember like the second time it happened which is what a nightmare <laughs> were there people watching like could people no see you or you i feel like the room yeah, I was. I feel like the room I was in, it was like, just ignore Carlos. <laughs> if they even notice. But like, I remember the second time, like, I basically, I like basically ran out of the room with like all my bosses in there and everything, and like, it was very weird, very, and no one ever mentioned it to me. The run out is dramatic. If you just, I didn't do run. A slow I sped walk. walk. Okay. I sped walk. Okay. Were, was there wiping involved in the walk with your, you know, at your eyes? I remember there was like a noise, like I hit something like with my shoe and it sounded like a fart or something <laughs> it was like a horrible moment course, for me yeah and like i didn't want them to think i was going to the bathroom because the bathroom was really close to the room so i first went to the production assistant uh and i was just like whenever I mean, you're crying just punch a production assistant it's <laughs> he was it like saves, this sweet it saves your, yeah i know <laughs> it I, just like makes you feel better there's something about it 
But like punch a golf cart or something. No, punch a production assistant. Just an actual yeah, young like an man. actual person. <laughs> I, That's uh, what they're there for. That is. I feel like <laughs> they should be there for that. Yeah. No, I feel like it's all the production job. Assist- they know that going into it. It's the, it's the low on the totem pole. You're going to get punched a few times. They're so much more qualified than me. Every time I've met a production assistant, they're so much more educated than me. And I'm of like, course. oh, you could replace me so <laughs> e-. Like, if you knew that I know nothing that you know, like, you'd be like, oh, I hate this guy. They're like, oh, we know. Yeah, I know. I bet they, you know, I remember they're all from USC. They're all have like amazing jobs that I wish I had had. And yeah, it's always weird. Yeah, be nice to them because they're going to be your boss. Oh, I love them. I'm always yeah. nice to them. So I don't feel like I deserve to be with anyone else. So I just like, I, I love talking to just like any like receptionist yeah. or anything. I'm like, oh, you're more my speed. Like, totally. I'm Twizzlers, the same way. We'll eat Twizzlers here. Yeah. Anyone that, like I said, being human, like, you mm. know, when you're in the position that's kind of like the dishwasher position, yeah. I'm like, okay, this guy, we're going to connect. I've applied for dishwasher jobs just because I'm like, I didn't know that they're for Mexicans who they pay illegally, like very low wages. I like walked into Morton's <laughs> thing. I was been like, can I be the they dishwasher because it looks fun? You're so naive. Yeah, yeah I didn't they're know. They're like, no, we want to pay like really shitty wages. I didn't even, they didn't even the tell table. me that. Like I had to find out from someone. Uh, they were like, you've never worked in a restaurant? I'm like, no. You're like, my name's Carlos, but it doesn't mean I automatically work in a restaurant. I know. I, I When I apply for jobs, I always like stress that my name is Carlos. Yeah. I mean, it gives you an advantage. Mm-hmm. It does. People are always like weirded out by that. I'm like, I've never related to a white person my whole life. Like you have no idea. <laughs> like it's. Well, you look like a white person. I know. It's, it's crazy because like, like, yeah, I, I feel like I have nothing in common. So are you Mexican? Mm-hmm. 100%? 75%. And then what else are you? Like Spanish. It's like a mix. You literally look my, so... My grandfather's from Texas, East Texas. But like Texans and Mexicans are basically the same. Like it's the same thing almost. Yeah. Yeah. But you look like white European. I know. It's I don't like it. <laughs> I, I like legitimately don't like it because people are like it confused. No, but I you get like. the best of both worlds because you get the name, but then down the street... People are like, you know, oh, look yeah. at this fucking white guy. I know. And you I'm know, like but- walking at night. No one's making a whole thing. But like, I don't like that. I'm like, make a thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, a guy, it was actually crazy. Last night I was in Hollywood by Paramount and I was walking and this guy, like, he like walked towards me and he like grabbed my shirt. <gasps> last like, night? Yeah. Last night. This like, this like, uh, he was probably like homeless or something, uh-huh. but he looked like newly homeless. He didn't look Why like, did he have a, like an iPhone? But like dirty they sneakers? do have iPhones. Sometimes. I know it's crazy. No, but he just like he didn't look like super dirty. Like you can tell when yeah. people have been out there for years. He looks like under six months. He grabbed me, and he said it's night out. Like he told me it's night out, and I just said I fucking know that already, <laughs> and I like shoved him off of me. It would have been cool if you were like it is. <laughs> you know, really, I feel like in those moments, I've had moments where like people like I've been like grabbed or something by like. I've been like robbed before and stuff like that. And oh my like, God. I'll just be like, I don't, I always try and be funny or something. I, that's what I've always thought that if I ever get uh, abducted mm-hmm. or am on the verge of being murdered or something, I've always genuinely thought I'll just wow them with my charisma and oh, sense of humor. 100%. And they'll be like, no, 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 we can't kill her. 100%. She's a keeper. Yeah. You got to be funny with your robbers. Right. Always. Right. When I got, I got robbed when I was 19 in Hollywood. And I did not, like, I wasn't funny. And after that, I was like, I'm always going to, like, make them laugh for now on. And then I got robbed at Ralph's on. Talk about, though, not wanting to bomb. If you <laughs> bomb, I mean, because, like, they can actually kill you. Yeah, you get Whereas killed. Whereas if, right. Yeah, you won't get, you won't kill, you'll get killed. <laughs> you, usually if a joke bombs, I just get, like, a dirty look. But this, like, I could oh, get God. stabbed. Plus, I That's remember a lot of I pressure. bombed at I.O. 
and like i i just like got such blank stares from the like the table in the front and the girl said it's okay and i was uh, like and i just left and yeah. I, and like no it's not okay i left and the one of the comics friended me on facebook in the green room because she was like new to la did she detract the friend request no she didn't oh, but i was okay. like i bet she regrets it now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah she like yeah she she was new to la and she's wanted like friends and she was like what's your name and all this i was like oh it's yeah here you go you can have me and then like i bombed and i was like still want to be friends <laughs> well that's something that would go through my head that if i bombed i would think oh no the person is gonna negate their friend request like i'll go and it's not gonna even be there and then oh we'll God. add insult to injury like i just bombed and now not that i want the facebook friend but it's the you know the sake of it totally okay, okay so we're gonna do some segments mm-hmm. and um some are gonna be fun some are gonna be a little bit more of a downer i guess we'll start more with the downers okay uh so we can end on a high note mm-hmm. um but obviously i'm gonna talk about the kate spade stuff mm-hmm so this will be my F dat shit and mm-hmm. depression impression segment in one. So my sister sent me a text and she said, did you hear about Kate Spade? And my sister is completely detached from anything newsworthy, pop culture. Like she's just, she lives in a small town. She's mm-hmm. not like, she doesn't check the news all the time. She's not on Twitter. Like she doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought if my sister know, knows something about Kate Spade, then whatever it is, is not going to be good. Yeah. And um and so obviously I saw what had happened. It's not like she's dating uh, one of the 76ers or something. No. Kate Spade's dating Ben Simmons. So right. That's like, not what it right, is. <laughs> right, right, right. All of a sudden my sister's is basketball buff. <laughs> um, so obviously I um, immediately, the, my first thought was I have to say something about it. Mm-hmm. And I felt somewhat disin, not disingenuous because I did feel things about it, but mm-hmm. I felt I feel now because of my situation with Stevie and maybe you would feel similar because of your brother. Yeah. But it's like now, a resp- you know, I have a responsibility to say something. So the first thing I thought was one, obviously that's terrible, but two shit, like what do I say that is genuine about someone that I didn't mm. even know? So when you wrote to me saying that, I liked it, I that you liked you. it, I was very relieved because I felt very self-conscious posting that. Yeah, I get so I don't even Instagram anymore. That's a big part of my depression. Is if you look at my Instagram, I used to a lot, and now I never do, and that is actually weird. I talked about that recently. Um, oh, really? I do these mini pod things on uh, my Patreon page, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the most recent ones, I think it was actually the last one, I talked about how I hadn't done a lot on Instagram in the past like two weeks, and I said it was because I was feeling depressed, yeah. not because I was so busy having a great life. <laughs> so you're anyway, not being but, present, <laughs> right? Yeah, I wish that would be the case that like, oh, I'm just so busy. I can't post on Instagram. Yeah. But Sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to. No, that. well, you should be talking more. This is, oh, okay. you're the guest. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm being the asshole. But, uh, but I was really grateful when you said that mm, because I, you. I don't like to personalize other people's tragedies. Yeah, of course. So that's like a big thing for me. But at the same time, because of Stevie, I feel like I had to. So when I posted a picture saying this is the first nice bag that I ever got, mm-hmm. which was true, I felt uncomfortable because it's like, well, who cares the first bag I got? But. I, no, it's cool. I was like, people, you know yeah. what? I have to just, it's better off doing it than not doing it. But the F dat shit part of this situation uh-huh. with Kate Spade, someone listens, uh, someone who listens to the show, Monique, hey Monique, uh, commented on, on Instagram and said, did you hear about the suicide note that she left? And so I had heard oh, that I she left one. That. So I heard she left one, but I didn't know what the content was, and I didn't even think to look it up because I thought it wouldn't be available for public consumption. Yeah, it's like Kate Spade at the top. It was like nice. 
Nice <laughs> it was on nice great paper. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. I really truly wonder if it was. I mean, I wrote a really sad note recently on the talent agency that represents me. Like notebook, like it's like you got what you, you got. Use sometimes what is there? Yeah, it's, right. It looks embarrassing, but it really is just what you got. <laughs> right, right. It's true. But she in the suicide note. So f that shit for this. I like the idea that you leave a suicide note just so you can give someone some answers. Mm-hmm. Not that I want suicide to happen at all, but if it's yeah. going to happen, I, I, it's like, oh, just tell us like what was going on and what happened. She left one? But she did leave one, yeah. Oh, wow. And the only thing that I know that was in it was, and I, I mean, I'm saying I know that was in it. I don't know. I just read this online. Mm-hmm. But she said in it to her daughter, it was addressed to her daughter, mm-hmm. and it said, it's, this is not your fault. Mm, ask geez. your ask your dad oh god so she was like insinuating that it was her dad's fault yeah and that you know that's gonna that's that's the, wild. that's intense stuff to put on people when you're taking your own life and uh wow and um that's wild her and her husband were just are just separated or possibly going through a divorce or he oh, had asked really? for a divorce like a week ago before this oh, happened oh god so it seemed like this blame thing that, I mean, obviously I have no idea about their relationship, but I don't know if her angle, like her logic was to tell her daughter to soothe her daughter, but at the same time, is she trying to make her daughter hate her father? I don't, seems like. Because she's insinuating a little bit that he's the reason. She could have been drunk. You know what I mean? She could have been like thinking she's in a movie or something. That's right. not, That's like ultra dramatic. I mean suicide is very dramatic but like i'm not like yeah that's wild that's not i mean it's not good or bad it's nothing it's just what happened it's crazy and it's like, an f that shit because that's yeah, why the segment's called sure. like f that shit like this kind of fuck that that's yeah that's that's wild yeah really kind of crazy um but then in terms of the depression impression part of the segment mm-hmm. uh people have been kind of tweeting things can just kind of get taken out of you know out of context and then to, run away like you'll just run with something and go well she wasn't getting treatment because at first Mm. oh yeah all the debates on twitter and stuff yeah and like at first what i was getting just from social media was that she didn't seek treatment because of the stigma around mental health Mm -hmm. and she didn't want it to interact with her brand because her brand is supposed to be this fun easygoing brand and that turns out that that's not completely the, the truth yeah totally she was actually and again, this is just oh, what I, I read. I, okay, I see what you're gonna say. But she also she was actually getting treatment in terms of medication. Oh, so she, she was. had been to a psychiatrist and had been taking medication. However, what she didn't do because of the stigma that people kind of took and ran with was that she didn't check herself into a facility. Mm. She quote unquote chickened out. And this mm. was according to her sister. So she didn't want that to interact with her or that to influence her brand. Yeah. So she was, so basically I'm, what I'm saying is people had angled it as if she didn't seek any treatment but whatsoever. She, I see, yeah. But she did. She just didn't go fully with this treatment. And her sister had said, I'll check, quote unquote, like check in as a patient with you mm-hmm. so that you're not alone. And she said that her sister, that Kate liked that idea, but then didn't end up going with it. But she was uncomfortable with the idea of going into a facility. Yeah. That I can see. It's tough. I she's so like she died like in Manhattan. Like she had so much money. It's, she's I on like it, Park Ave. It's just what you know, you're my No, I find it hard to believe that she wouldn't find like an anonymous treatment oh, center. Right. With that amount of money and resources and stuff. Yeah, I mean like yeah. people like Harvey Weinstein can't be found like after their shit. It's like 
like event you know what i mean you can get lost and like go do like therapy and like yeah. talk to really good doctors in the woods or something i just yeah that's su- yeah i it's sad because i just think oh if you had gone like i would like your brand even more like i would you know what yeah, i mean yeah i mean that's what i'm talking about with people mm-hmm. being human it mm. would humanize her brand to yeah. me as obviously someone who's in this depression world mm-hmm. someone outside of it like if they if that makes them not like your brand or not like you then fuck them mm-hmm. they don't get it and yeah. they don't deserve to like your brand or whatever yeah but if that is the truth where she was worried about it affecting her image but the thing is she actually doesn't even own kate spade anymore she sold it completely off in 2006 okay so she just has lots of money so she yeah, she just has lots of money and then started another brand called francis valentine okay um and so I, I'm just surprised that she would even be that concerned mm-hmm. about her image. Yeah. Even I know it's her name, obviously yeah. it's her namesake, but uh, you don't even own it anymore. You don't work in it, and you're concerned. Unless she was concerned about her new brand, yeah, Francis Valentine being, con- you know, I the logic behind it I understand, but at the same time I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably and, common for that. But this is when people talk about mental health needing to not have the stigma around it. Yeah, and I think. Because people are like, we need to talk more about mental health. We need to talk more about mental health. I think we've hit a point where we're talking about mental health. A lot of people, it's on the news a lot. We hear that phrase all the time. So we are talking about it. I don't think it's the talking about it that's totally going to help. It's the doing things about it. Yeah, the making... NBA just started doing things about it, actually. Really? I actually, I talked about uh, two NBA players months ago. Kyle R- Lowry, yeah. And came out one. about, yeah, they had depression and anxiety and stuff. Yeah, I love stuff like that. It's I, And I couldn't believe it. I was like, Kyle Lowry, so... Uh, He's so like he's like quiet, but not like in that way that you would. I didn't know he was depressed and sad. He seemed like very humble, and I think he grew up in South Central, so I thought he was like quiet from like basically like growing up in like war torn area, yeah. and like yeah, he went to like USC, had this like cool life. Well, also you don't associate athletes with depression. No, they have insane lives. They're um, yeah, they're like modern gladiators. But I don't yeah. even associate like soccer players in high school with depression you know like Mm. there's just something around athletics and depression and i'm not trying to say maybe i am the athletes seem too shallow Mm -hmm. to be depressed and i know that's not the case but i think that's the perception of like the high school dumb jock kind of thing yeah that like they don't get depressed you know there's not like the capacity isn't there but i kind of agree with that i'm like oh like they're like too they're like I agree, I agree. I know what you're saying. Like, I'm like, how could this kid like have like the mental capacity to like, you know? Well, when I was in high school, my friends used to say to me that I wasn't deep enough to be depressed. Yeah. And you're like, are you a doctor? <laughs> right. But I believe them. I was like, oh, you're right. I don't read poetry. Mm. I don't wear black all the time. Maybe I'm not deep enough to be, you know, and as my. You're like, 1999 sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden I got super emo. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you get emo? No, I got, I was a. Uh, never really emo i was i had like a little grunge phase so yeah. like eighth ninth tenth grade i like loved nirvana and i love nirvana and yeah stuff like that and i would you know be a little bit more like quote-unquote edgy mm-hmm. but i didn't ever wear like all black or do like emo shit yeah i didn't act out i like you know. the strokes a lot wait you're you've got to be younger than me I'm 31 oh yeah you're younger than me but i liked like in eighth grade like i was super into like weezer yeah, of course. Weezer. Yeah. I liked like the skateboarder culture when I was in high school. Oh, really? Like, like kids that rode rode skateboards with airwalks. Yeah, that's very like early two thousands. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thirty five, so I'm okay. a few years older than you. So you, when you said the Strokes, I thought, okay, that was a college band. That's for 01, me. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in college when they came out. Yeah, I uh, 
like like the white stripes, the strokes. I loved Nirvana when I was young, though. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, I was definitely young for Nirvana. Like, you know, he had already died by the time I was into Nirvana. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. Like, I'm not old enough to actually be like the original grunge yeah, of generation. I was yeah. like a generation below. Yeah, you're not like Courtney Love. <laughs> no, God. I feel I like. I saw her once, not too long ago, actually. How'd she look? It was, I was driving by and she was coming out of a house. I went, that's fucking Courtney Love. Did you know it was her because she, Cause she looks, it's, looked kind of like Courtney Love? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You just like know who that is. Yeah, yeah, it's obvious. Okay, all right. Well, next segment uh, is going to be a little lighter. Mm-hmm. And it's antidepressant of the week. Oh, yeah. So something that made you feel doable this week. You know, it didn't have to like make mm-hmm. you feel high or like amazing. But just something that like lifted your spirit a, l- a little bit. Mm, you know <laughs> i have i have two answers one was i watched a really good basketball game okay um but the second one was i listened to podcasts about those basketball games oh, that's fun. Actu- yeah, that's actually that. the thing i like to do <laughs> did you talk about that before we started taping yeah okay before yeah. yeah i yeah the thing i did this week I, i've been like i was like i haven't been like a tough week and uh game one of the nba finals was really dramatic and fun and there's a lot of arguing and like fighting. There's drama, Kardashian what is, what drama. What is the drama, by the way? Because I don't follow oh, it, but so I much. see things online and I don't know what it's in reference to and then I keep going. There's, well, the Cleveland Cavaliers almost upset the Golden State Warriors. Oh, okay. And, and one of their players didn't shoot the ball. He dribbled out <gasps> after a missed free throw. They could have won the game, but they were uh, tied. He oh, thought I they were up that. by one, but they were oh. tied. And he was right under the basket and it could have been up. Golden State would have had a good you shot should, after, but yeah. you should tell him about the dishwasher jobs that you've applied for. Yes. He might be, JR, yeah. <laughs> he might be next in line for one of those. Everyone thinks he was high because yeah, he, I mean that's a big goof up. Because yeah, it's like coming out that a lot of the NBA smokes weed. They're like eighty percent smokes weed, and they do it because you don't want your players going out drinking anymore. So what they do now is they go on Tinder and they smoke pot. Like that's the new on Tinder. Can't they do? Why do they have to do it on Tinder? Well, they don't go out to like nightclubs anymore and oh, drink, so they. Need- so but, girls come to like the Four uh, Seasons Atlanta oh, or whatever. Oh my god! So that's the new world. Like all athletes live. It's like it's all about Tinder, your hotel room, like on the DL. Yeah, and like vaping weed and stuff like that. And like that's the new world. And people are like, wow. Oh. So very dramatic week. Tristan Thompson got on the Cavs, got in a scuffle with one of the Warriors players, and this you know he just cheated. It's on like Chloe. of course the Kardashians have a husband, uh, a boyfriend in the nba in the finals oh, like man. of course their team makes it to the finals oh yeah can they, he be on like the suns or something aren't they a basketball that was team? just talked about on a podcast actually oh, on really? how like they only date like elite athletes whose careers are on the rise like Ben's, yeah, like they yeah. know there's some like instinct or something that like this guy's going to be on the winning team it's that's kendall's why- dating one of the rookies of the year like one of the potential rookies of the year at philadelphia and um kylie is dating Travis Scott, the rapper, but he, she was like courtside at every Houston Rockets game this year. So it's like they're very well versed in the culture. Right, right, right. Yeah. And also, I like that show. <laughs> like when I, Keeping I, up with the Kardashians? I definitely used to watch it a lot. Really? And when I put it on now, I definitely laugh. <laughs> now I know why you cry. <laughs> You're like, I'm not keeping up. Yeah. The, I'm like, please stop talking about the Larry Sanders show. <laughs> Let's do Kardashian stuff. I wish it was called Keeping Down with the Kardashians. Yeah. Just keeping it low with them. Yeah. Just down well, here. Well, down because like, just stop. They're just bringing the society down. <laughs> just 
going down. Well, my antidepressant of the week, I think, uh, had to be going to New York City. Mm-hmm. That's I, always I fun. I love New York so much. And I just have been trying to move there for so long. And I'm from upstate New York. So I was home visiting my parents and I was going down to the city just for like literally a few hours the mm-hmm. night before I had my flight the next morning. But there, to me, the, the city has like such a heartbeat and heart. So mm-hmm. when I don't have a heartbeat, it like gives me my own, you know, mm-hmm. it gives me one. Yeah. So I take the train in from my parents and it's a long train ride, but then like emerging into the city. Must be cool. It's such a high for me. Oh, wow. It feels so good. I feel like I'm home. I took a picture of this dude uh, who was just like exactly why I love New York. He's just this like weird old man who thought he was like very snazzy. Mm. Wearing this kind of quirky hat and like yeah. you can tell he smells, but there's something like <laughs> lovely about that smell. Yeah, I don't know. There's something so charming to me, and so if I'm feeling super depressed, but if I go to New York and emerge from Penn Station or Grand yeah. Central Station to like the wonder of the city, it's cool. I forget about my depression for a few hours. You should move to New York then. I know. I'm trying. But what do you mean you're trying? Like what? Ha- like like I don't have a se- you know I don't I don't a lot you need of my a lot of money dude like yeah. saved. You need a lot of money and also you need um, to like have something planned. Mm. If I go there, I because basically I'm working right now. I'm doing a writing gig, but it's all from home. Mm-hmm. So if I go there, I can still probably do this writing stuff. But what do you do after? Okay. I'll just be in my apartment alone all day. And a lot of my friends that lived in New York are now in L.A. So I don't really know that many people there oh, yeah. anymore. And so it's just the restarting. Do you hang out with them here? The New Yorkers in LA? I do on the like, there's an event happening, will you come kind of thing, mm-hmm. but not an everyday, yeah. let's go to the movies together kind of thing. So a lot, a lot of people have been moving out here from there. Yeah, but then that makes me go, oh, then maybe I, maybe New York is bad if everyone wants, you know, it's everyone leaves and comes here. But I know in my heart I'm supposed to be there and I'm not supposed to be you here. You got to get there. I think it's just like because Chinese people buy like floors of high rises <laughs> and that's and like Russians like own buildings. I think that's why everyone has to leave. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Right. Because yeah. it just makes it too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, I mean, I'm... I feel like Airbnb did that to LA. Like now you just see tent cities everywhere. It's crazy. You see so many homeless people now. Well, I think because they're uh, fixing up downtown a bit, they're getting mm, pushed more yeah. like West Hollywood and that's crazy. Yeah. In Venice and stuff. Because yeah. when I moved here, there was like no tents in yeah. West Hollywood, and now they're and yeah, then West Hollywood is expensive and nice, and it's just crazy that that's now a thing here. Yeah, it is interesting. But yeah, that was definitely my antidepressant of the week. And since I, I'm also no longer taking antidepressants, mm-hmm. I need as many of those moments as I can get yes. to kind of stay. Please. Um, How are you going to do that in LA? Just full of like these vapid souls. <laughs> well, thank God I was in New York because if I had been here, I wouldn't have had an antidepressant of the week. Mm. Maybe it would have been like I snuggled with my dog. Like, yeah. maybe that's as good as I could have done. I just, I'm so unhappy here. Yeah, it's... I feel like a good way to describe LA is like a vapid wasteland. It's like always blue. It's just it's, so full and full of nothing. Yeah, it's a. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. But but I. I, I s- wish I didn't think it was my home. Like I feel like I like I moved here when I was nineteen. I basically like left Texas. Like I don't feel good here. Like I'm not doing well in sc- like school. It's just like. Yeah, your adult formative years have been here. Yeah, and this I wish it know. wasn't the case. <laughs> I know, but it's hard. It is. It's like it's my home, and as much as I hate my home it's my home how long have you been here 10 years oh wow you're oh man you live you moved here oh wait yep man that's crazy yeah. so we're around the same time yeah yep uh, you never meet people from that time 
Because it's like the Lindsay Lohan era. It is. It's like everyone just like bounced after that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So uh, final segment, cooking with Carney. Mm. So depression eats things that you've eaten pathetically. I can go first so I can give you a moment to. I have a good one for you, but you can go first. You do? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. So my uh, recipe for the week is microwave mac and cheese with Frank's Red Hot. And possibly oh, some wow. broccoli. <laughs> oh, I like it. the broccoli. <laughs> and here's the deal. I get so down that making mac and cheese out of a box is too much work for me that I need the microwave version of mac mm-hmm. and cheese. That's how bad I get. That I can't even just put noodles in a pot and pour some milk and cheese in it. Like That's boil hard. It and stuff. Yeah. yeah, to me that is like building an entire rail system. I like used to do it all the time. Complex, for yeah. difficult. So... Here's the recipe for okay. my uh, pathetic depression eating. Okay. Okay. Step one, find saddest section at grocery store. <laughs> step two, get home, feel unmotivated to make anything that you bought that was actually good. What grocery store is this? Like a Ralph's? I'll usually like do generic. Ralph's. I'll usually do Ralph's, but then I'll occasionally I'll do a stop off at like Lassen's or Trader Joe's mm. and supplement. I've never been to last. Maybe once Lassen's. Yeah, that's there's one right near me. That's why I go there. Oh, okay. But it's just like it's a nice, it's like a Trader Joe's, but yeah, nicer. it's like nice, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, but generally Ralph's. Yeah. I don't want to make it sound like I'm like a go getter going to Lassen's. <laughs> I'll really only go there occasionally. But okay, so step three, toss in microwave. Step four, stare at broccoli, thinking about how you need at least some nutrition. Mm. But it will probably be gross mixed in with the hot sauce, but it would be good with the cheese. Yeah. Step five, ignore thoughts about nutrition, put broccoli back. Step six, take out, put bowl in my, or take bowl out of microwave, pour lots of Frank's Red Hot. Step seven, taste. Step eight, realize how dissatisfied you are, add salt to maybe make it better. Mm. Uh, step nine, sit in bed and shovel into mouth while scrolling through Instagram. Do you do that? So that's like one you're into? Yeah, it's like a routine. My routine is uh, it's uh, Trader Joe's prosciutto. Ooh, well, that sounds good. <laughs> it's well, it's just it's from Trader. It's not like from an Italian market yeah. <laughs> in New York City. Yeah. But the guy speaking, the guy selling it to you good. wasn't speaking. No, he wasn't speaking Italian. Mine's no? gr- mine's gross. Good. It's just there's no nutritional value. It you'll feel shame afterward. And right after. Yeah, right after. Okay. It's almost like, I feel like it's like sex or something. Mm. It's like you feel like shameful afterward. You're like, that was dirty. I've never had sex where I felt shameful right after. Oh, or, really? Yeah. So I feel like you have to have a lot of different sex and lots of it to like well, experience I, it. I, did you, well, you're, you should have been Catholic. Right? I am Catholic. Okay. So you don't have like the immediate Catholic guilt? No, I think I did when I was younger, but like, I think, uh, I just, you know what? Honestly, I just didn't hook up with like a lot of girls like yeah, throughout okay. my life. Like I just, I... Sex you had was like con- consensual, obviously. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. I I more one of the requirements. Yeah, I just did, I wasn't like uh I watched American Pie when I was young and I couldn't relate any less. I was like these like fucking white guys oh, in, a, right, in right, like right. Michigan. Yeah. It just like looks the opposite of where I'm from. Like, yeah. and I just like I like I don't have that relationship with sex. Like, but that's no, good. That's I, a good thing. Well, I want it to be like the I want to have a relationship it's like that. Like I I actually do still. 
like, I feel like I kind of worked my way towards that. So I want to... Because of the comedy side of you? No, more because it seemed more like there's this like really big deal and it's not stressing like Jim's dad out. I need to be like Jim's dad. He right. thinks it's kind of goofy and it's kind of fun. You know what I mean? I want to be like those guys. They're confident. Like they talk about it with their friends. I'm not like talking about sex. Oh, I thought you were friends. saying you wanted the shame. Oh, no. Okay. I like, I feel like, uh, I, I feel like they're not ashamed. Like they they're so confident about right, sex. I was right. not confident. But I don't it. understand how sex can come without shame. Oh, <laughs> I grew up in a very conservative family. But, you know, I have an answer for you. A very easy answer for what you. What is it? You just pay for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, if you just pay for it, then like you it's you pay like, away the shame. Yeah. You're like okay, later. I'm gonna go to In and Out. I'll call you. Right. Like it, that, and then that's it. <laughs> that doesn't make you more shameful. No, I feel like uh, it just it just like. It's like leaving Best Buy or something, and like right. the person was really cool. Right, like, it's just an if easy you're just purchase. nice to everyone, you can. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I, I also I never felt ashamed when I bought like Coke when I was 18 years old. I was like, oh, this guy's like nice. I like his. See, TV. I'm so naive. I was like Coca Cola. No, definitely cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't feel shame when I bought Coke, but I did when I bought Diet Coke. <laughs> I don't drink Coca Cola anymore, and I like. So I'm so like black and white about things. I started drinking Dr Pepper like six months ago, and I was like, holy shit, I'm back. You're, and like I've really like had to like hone myself like don't go too crazy. Yeah, like you know Pepper. you're not doing well when you're buying a Dr Pepper. Yeah, it's more like I'll drink like 25% of it in and out and like toss it or something. Well, what's crazy is Dr Pepper was made for medicinal reasons. Oh, it so was? you should tell yourself that cuz uh you know, you're you're actually doing something healthy. Did you know <laughs> that if you play Wizard of Oz and li- and drink a Dr Pepper it sounds like Dark Side of the Moon. No. <laughs> right, 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 right. There you go. I did, I did that, by the way, in high school. Like, oh, I played Dark Side that. of the Moon backwards with Wizard of Oz. It, it didn't work at all. Oh, really? I must have just, because I would never got high or anything. So maybe I was just... <laughs> You're like, this is just sucks. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? Oh, I just, I don't know. I got a weird message. Oh, really? Yeah. I always get weird messages. Um, From any, men? No, but it's funny, because I said I have all my notifications turned off yeah but apparently i don't have my facebook messenger notifications turned off oh very important one to turn off if you're a a girl over 17 yes (laughs) very important but i thought i shut it off so i'm actually really annoyed that that just came through that's hilarious but um okay so what's your depression food oh yes of course cooking with carlos prosciutto from trader joe's usually comes in a pack with other meats um trader joe's pesto the basil pesto is really good. It's like four dollars, but it la- it la- I mean, it's 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 the best pesto you can get. I, I feel like it's better than like Whole Foods pesto. Even it's just a, has a great taste. Has a lot, like good amount I of love oil. That. I really like a lot of Trader Joe's stuff. It's yeah, all it's very delicious. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So I do the prosciutto. I get the pesto out, and then like some sort of like like potato chips or any sort of bread or something. Maybe I'll toast bread. To add bread. a little crunch or something. Exactly. And maybe I'll make like avocado toast with See, it or something. See, this sounds way not depressed to me. This sounds like if I was doing no, great. No, so I'm eating a lot of it. Okay, so will you... S- and secretively. Do you like stand over your sink and eat it? Or yeah. Or do you sit down and formally eat it? No, I, I sit over... I sit, I stand right next to the sink do over you, the cutting board. Do you eat at the counter a lot? Oh, yeah. I don't ever sit down when I eat. Yeah, I sit yeah. in my car when I eat. Yeah, if I'm sitting, I'm either in my bed or in my car. But generally, I'm standing over the counter. I can't. Uh, I can't eat in bed. It makes me nervous about ants. Oh well, that's good. <laughs> I get afraid of ants. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's just making me want to make an ant joke, like like an actual woman ant. <laughs> anyway, I think that was. Oh, the last segment is. Um, I'm gonna do one more. The schizophilia. Oh is all yeah. About film. Oh, anything about a movie. But also, no. The segment might be also known as 
SWAT or not, which is a long story inside joke, so I won't get into okay. why it's SWAT or not. But um, so the movie I want to mention is a movie that I didn't even really like that much, but I loved a part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was The Hours, which came oh, yeah. out a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. But it has a really good cast. It's got like Meryl Streep. Good poster too. It's really good poster. Yeah. Some of them have such cheesy posters, but the movie was actually a good movie. And you're like, but why is the poster so bad? You couldn't have taken the extra day of work to put yeah. in there and figure out a good poster. Um, so there's Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, and Julianne Moore, and then a bunch of other really good actors. And it's a basically about three women in different times that their lives coincide. And it's based on a book that Virginia Woolf wrote. Virginia Woolf is also a character in the movie played by Nicole Kidman. But the reason I'm talking about this is because of the speech that Nicole Kidman gives at the end or like the monologue mm-hmm. is so good. And I cry every time because I just oh, wow. occasionally will watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Not often, but every now and then. And she basically talks about why she needs to live in the city. And I thought this was apropos because I mentioned my yeah. antidepressant of the week was going to New York. Mm-hmm. So because of her mental illness, they would make her like her husband would have her live in the country and thought it was therapeutic for her to live in the country Mm -hmm. but she needs the beat of the city to feel alive and she so if you guys you just go to youtube personally i thought the movie was so boring and i can't even really remember the movie Mm -hmm. so if you don't want to watch it just go to youtube and watch this part where nicole kidman gives her monologue on living in the city and needing to be there and she is so like you can feel like her heart is just like wrenched and I can relate to it so much because I always felt like where I was from was not where I was supposed to be and mm. that my wings were tied and that I could, there was no color there. And like Rose in Titanic. Yes. Yes. At the beginning. Yes. yes very much so. <laughs> yes. And so, uh, I love that, but as everyone would mostly know that Virginia Woolf in the end did commit suicide in mm-hmm. real life. Yeah. Um, and in the movie she does as well, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, anyway, that movie is called the hours. So, that's my recommendation for a clip from a movie. <laughs> I have one. You inspired me to have this one because I, I've also long time ago cried while watching it on YouTube. 17 again. Such a sad movie. 17 again? Yeah, with Zac Efron, Matthew Perry, and Leslie Mann. Oh, my God. I've never heard of it. but that Really? Makes, yeah. Well, you had just moved here when it came out. I did. <laughs> it came out in 2009. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't like rent movies at the time i was just like desperately working like waitressing jobs and just trying to survive <laughs> i saw it at the grove and i cried so much it's called 17 again yeah matthew perry it's like a body sw- like he becomes zach efron like it's his younger self oh he's probably grateful to get into zach Efron's i know that's body. like kind of the joke yeah. but uh <laughs> he's is he gets like he has to go back and become his old self when he was like a basketball star basically because he's he's like not a good guy anymore and leslie mann's his ex-wife and I just I feel like uh, in like in my family and a lot of families and families I know and even in my world like I feel like I'm always the the tra- the tragic story of a of a goofy guy who can't find his way with a strong woman who says get the fuck out of my face like the strong woman being like I'm I've had enough of you despite you like you're just like you're too immature or something yeah I feel like I'm always on the other side of that so when I watch Seventeen again I'm like oh I get it oh I want to watch it well that actually reminds me uh, on my Patreon page we're gonna do a movie night which sounds kind of weird because it's over the computer but we're gonna watch oh, wow. edge of 17 have you ever seen that i love that movie i haven't seen it it's but so it's, good okay cool <laughs> well good to know because um victoria listens to the show recommended that we watch seven edge of 17 and so we're gonna do that most likely not this friday i hope i didn't say it was this friday the following 
Friday from this Hit week. Me up. Or maybe, shoot, maybe it was supposed to be this Friday the 9th. I put on Patreon that I was tentatively, yeah, I did. I thought of tentatively doing it tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow Friday night, but I just got back in town and I can't, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. be able to do that. So I'm going to set it for June 15th. So if you guys want to watch a movie at the same time, there's a website called Let's Gaze, which this guy Tamir told me about. And you can basically like have a camera on you while you're watching the movie or something. So it's a shared experience. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to do that. um, And all you need to do is donate $2 a month on Patreon. And so it's patreon.com slash mentally chill June 15th, most likely. And uh, anyway, so that's the show. Thank you for doing it and Mm -hmm. being honest and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. I love putting people in awkward positions. No, it was good. I mean, if they come out, then was meant to be yeah yeah and i don't physically have you right now in an awkward position no for, i'm for just the record. lounging yeah <laughs> okay um well thank you guys for listening and thank you for uh your support on patreon and for subscribing thank you carlos for subscribing thank you that's so cool of you oh yeah i love that i just you know i don't think people are actually doing it so i'm, I'm a big podcast person okay well don't minimize yeah. then and don't say just, that it's okay. yeah just be like i hate podcasts but i love yours yeah yeah, yeah totally that's what you say uh <laughs> and so you guys can um subscribe on itunes and uh please leave a review if you like the show on itunes please rate five stars and all that kind of good stuff and uh you can follow me on twitter at uh kristen carney and on instagram at chris carn which i never really talk about and forget to mention and they can follow you as well at cj herrera on twitter Herrera Carlos on Instagram. Spell that. H-E-R-R-E-R-A Carlos. I knew how to spell it just for everyone else. (laughs) But I'm smart. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And remember, stay sad enough to listen, but not too sad. Yes. See you next time.